Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. And the purpose of this podcast is to answer the questions that those of you have as you're moving up here and to really show what the authentic life is like living up here in Alaska from the people who actually live up here. And today we're very lucky to have a um, um, friend of mine who recently moved up here to Alaska, Craig, who um, moved from Hawaii actually uh, with him and his family. So he's going to be talking about his experience and what all went into making that, uh, that big transition. So Greg, thanks for joining us. Sure. Glad to be here. So real quick, um, can you kind of summarize your, your story real quick? What got you guys thinking about moving from Hawaii? Because you know, usually we hear about people making the, the move in the opposite direction, but you actually went from Hawaii to Alaska. So <laughs> can you kind of walk us through that, uh, <laughs> through that journey? Yeah, I, I guess we're uh, a little contrarian that way. Um, <clears throat> well, it, probably Alaska is the, the last state I ever thought of moving to. Uh, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I've lived in Iowa, so I know, I know what winter is like. And... Um, I thought Alaska would be a great place to visit, but uh, wasn't sure I actually wanted to live here because I'm not a big winter person, or at least I haven't been. I've lived in Hawaii for the last 30, 40 years. But um, funny thing happened over the last 30, 40 years. Uh, I got married and uh, raised a family. And uh, actually, I got married a little bit later in life. My wife is a little bit younger than me. She's from Japan. She's a registered nurse in Hawaii. And that's where we met. And um, we have two kids, uh, age seven and 11. Um, and my wife's career, I'm retired now, but my wife is, is moving forward in her career. She went back to school, got her master's degree, is now a nurse practitioner, and has always wanted to uh, focus on uh, palliative care and, and such things. She ended up getting a really, really, really good job offer from Providence. And it's something that she's wanted to do her whole life. And um, so we decided, let's do it. Why not? We had both become a little bit tired of Hawaii, actually. Uh, in many ways, Hawaii is a paradise. The weather's nice. But um, it does get hot there a lot. And I was getting tired of the sun beating down on my head. I was actually looking for a change in environment. And so the whole idea of Alaska started to really percolate with me. And I thought, wow, this, this could be something really, really good. Um, so back in February, my, she was notified that she'd won this position and we were gonna move here. She's starting uh, her job in July. So we had, you know, a good four months, five months or so to get it together and plan and try to find a place to live up here and wrap up things in Hawaii and, and make the journey. So that's how the whole thing started. And um, so I started doing YouTube searches on, you know, Alaska and real estate and so forth. And I found you on YouTube uh, talking all about Anchorage in particular and, and Eagle River in, in, in even more particularly, uh, which was the area we were focusing on. Um, a friend of ours had a friend who lived in Eagle River and loved it here. 
And we thought this sounds like a nice community. It's, it's only 10 miles from Anchorage. So there's virtually, there's really not much of a commute, uh, not even by Hawaii standards. And um, it looks like a beautiful area. So let's focus there. So um, as far as making such a move, um, I guess the one thing I would emphasize is plan, plan, plan. Uh, it's a big deal. It's, it's not like moving down the block. Uh, it's not like moving one state over. It's not even like moving from the East Coast to the West Coast. You know, everything has to be done by plane or by boat. So you got to plan things out. <clears throat> and uh, our first order was to try to find some place to live. So we hooked up with you as our realtor and started the search. You gave us that great link to your Gecker Group uh, website um, that made searching for a house uh, in the area very, very easy. Um, we could look properties over on the website. Um, it, it was a great tool. And so I was nervous about, you know, we have to be there in June. She starts work in July. We need to find something. You know, what are we going to do? Are we going to rent? Are we going to own? We wanted to buy a house because we were living in a, in a one-bedroom condominium. And, you know, with two kids, space was tight. But it worked out very well. And, uh, you know, we had a large bedroom. We were all in the same bedroom together. Bunk beds for the kids, a nice king-size bed for the wife. And when the kids were younger... Um, it was actually very nice. It, it lent to a lot of family bonding and uh, worked out well. But now that they're getting older, we needed, you know, a three-bedroom something. Um, there wasn't much in the way of condos up here. We weren't really interested in a condo because that's where we came from. So it was a house that we wanted. And, you know, friends are, are advising me, you know, you should just go and rent for a while and, you know, get to know the area and look around. And I said, yeah, that's probably the wise thing to do. But the downside is you get caught up in a lease that you're responsible for. So we come up here and move here. We're renting. Uh, and then we find a house we want. And now we got a lease to worry about. And we can't afford a mortgage and a lease payment. So that could be problematic. There's also the difference in cost. Um, you can buy and pay a mortgage for less than what it costs to rent. Uh, so it was, there was that. So we really fo focused on trying to find something. And uh, in April, uh, we did find something that we really liked enough to put an offer in. And of course, we worked with you. And the offer was accepted. And boom, all of a sudden, wow, you know, we've got a house in Alaska. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so, really, I've found for a lot of people, once they get that house like locked in, like everything else just kind of snowballs at that point as far as the planning goes. <laughs> that was the snowball, all right. And it started rolling down a pretty steep hill. Um, so <clears throat> the thing about your move here, you really want to have stuff kind of come all at the same time if you can. That's really hard as far as shipping your household goods because that can take five to six weeks. So, and shipping the car is actually the most important thing. You want to have transportation when you get here. You don't want to have to rent a car. That'll really cost you a lot of money. You don't want to have to, ideally, it'd be nice if you could buy a new car, but there's no inventory now on the dealers here. I mean, I called the Honda dealer, the Mazda dealer, the Subaru dealer. I talked to folks 
And they said, uh, well, you can order one, but the window is seven to eight months for delivery on an order. And everything they had that was on order was already committed to somebody else. So we shipped the car and we timed it with a shipping company to be here the day or two before our plane arrived. So we could get off the plane overnight in the hotel, next morning drive down to Matson, the port, pick up the car and then drive home. So that worked out well for us. And that's, that's the way I recommend you do it. Ship the car, um, make, get, coordinate that with your airline reservations and <clears throat> so that the car is here waiting for you. But you don't want the car to get here like two weeks before, or you might start incurring uh, storage charges at the port. Um, it's a little tricky because when you ship the car here, it, at least from Hawaii, it goes through Seattle first. If it gets on the next barge right away, then it's only a week trip or so up from, up from Seattle. If it doesn't, then it has to wait in Seattle for the next barge and it can, the car can take another week or two to get here, which means you arrive and your car isn't here. So that's kind of a tricky part. You got to work out with, the, with Matson and the shipping company. Now coming from the lower 48, I'm not really sure how um, I guess they would ship it the same way. It would have to go out of the Seattle port, but you'd be looking at overland and then onto the barge. So you have to work out those pieces to try to get that timing down. Right. I mean, I guess you could drive it through the Alcan or have someone else drive it through the Alcan for you too. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, for some people that's, that's just not as practical. I mean, especially with y'all's vehicles, they're um, little on the nicer end. So sure. The Alcan wouldn't be as kind to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a Subaru Forester, so uh, they're pretty tough. Um, <laughs> they probably weather it okay, but yeah. 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 Well, that's one I, thing that's really changed in the past couple of years. Cause it used to be where I would just recommend, Hey, um, usually it's going to be best if you can just sell your car where you're at and then buy something when you get up here. Cause it's, it's, not going to have the wear and tear of having just gone through a trip to get here. Um, especially if it's having to get driven on the Alcan and usually it's going to balance out to the same, but I mean, lately cost of cars and everything has just gone up so high. It usually makes more sense to ship it or have it, have it brought up here somehow than it did before. Yeah. We were in a bit of a pickle because, um, we need two cars. Uh, my wife needs a car for work and I need a car to take the kids to school and, everything like that during the week. So we had a, an older vehicle that we were going to sell in Hawaii and then use that cash to buy something here. But there wasn't anything for sale here, at least not in the way of a new car. And the price of used cars has just gone crazy. I mean, I couldn't see paying, you know, 20 grand for something that should only be worth 12 or $13,000. So we thought, you know, why have the hassle of trying to find another car as soon as we get here, which adds on top of all the other things, trying to set up a new house. Um, look, let's just bite the bullet, pay the shipping charges and bring that one up here too. And I think that was the right decision to make. So it actually worked out very well because we got to use our other car 
right up until almost the day we got on the airplane and then dropped it off at Matson. We had like one day without a car. And then we just got, took a taxi to the airport with our suitcases and things. So it worked out very well. And I expected to get here in another week or two. Perfect. So one thing that I know everyone's probably wondering here, uh, Matson is the name of the, the shipping company that you used. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that experience like? And how much did it cost to ship how much stuff? Okay. Um, it actually was a great experience. Matson's a terrific company. Um, the representatives are super friendly, super helpful. Um, they guided us through the whole thing. Um, you know, there are certain steps and certain requirements. You need to have your um, uh, title to the car and your insurance registration. And you have to upload documents onto the website ahead of time, which is your registration and draw a picture of your driver's license. They need to have those right away. So I sent that and I also sent um, the title. Well, actually we had an issue because the title for our, our second car got shipped with our household goods. I didn't have the title. So I had to go oh, through no. that. Of, of, right. Either you either have to have a title or you have to have a, a letter of release from the lien company if your car was financed so that Matson knows this is your car. They need proof of that. So we had a little bit of juggling to do with, with the second car. The first car was very smooth. Um, just uploaded the documents, booked the, the date. They responded uh, a few days later that our documents were received, were received and we were good to go. Um, now the way Matson works is they ship out from Hawaii every Sunday is when the boat leaves. You have to get the car down to the dock, um, down to the pier. Uh, the previous week, there's a Monday through Wednesday that you can drop off the car to ship on Sunday. So you, you have to make sure you know when the when they're open, what their hours of operation are, because they're a little different from a normal business. Like there's a few hours in the morning and then there's a few hours in the afternoon. They're not open till four or five or six. They close at three. So uh, that's, you know, you just need to coordinate all of that. And, but they were great. I mean, they were really great, really nice. You can't put anything in the car anymore. Uh, It has to be empty. It has to be clean so that they can see if there's any damage on it. They take pictures, you know, like that. So yeah, you just call Matson and 1-800. Actually, I did it on the website. I booked up Matson vehicle shipping took me right to the website. There's a number of different phone, uh, uh, phone numbers as to whether you're shipping to or from the mainland or you're in Hawaii or if you're overseas and you just call them up and they guide you right through it. Got it. Now, what about the household goods? Did you use uh, Matson to ship those as well or did you use another company? We use a company called M. Dyer, uh, M. Dyer Global. Uh, which is, um, I, well, they're everywhere, but they're the, the main main shipper of household goods in Hawaii. There are other ways to do it. There are other, you know, where you take your goods down yourself, you put them on a pallet, you wrap them in plastic, um, and if, if you want to try to save some money. But um, that was just too much for us. 
you know, I really recommend you go with a good professional company that will give you full service. It's going to cost more, but when you're making a move like this, you need all the help you can get, you know, to help relieve some of the burden. Um, and they were great because all we had to do was take all our stuff. We basically piled it up in the living room and then they came and we just said, okay, all this stuff piled up here and um, that piece of furniture, that piece of furniture, that piece of furniture. Uh, and they just took over from there and they, they packed everything up, hauled it down, uh, took it to the port for us. Um, and we're waiting now for it to be delivered here. We got about 30, 40 or 50 some boxes of stuff that's going to have to come in here and, and 60 boxes, really hon? 60 boxes. Wow. So, that's a lot for a one bedroom I, condo. <laughs> I, think, I mean, well, they really pack stuff, you know, so that it doesn't break. So what I could squeeze into 20 boxes, they use 60, you know, but uh, really, is that, yeah, I guess it is because it is. Well, you, and you'd be surprised how much stuff you end up shipping that you don't plan to ship. You start going, oh, wait, I need this. I want that. Oh, yeah. The kids bikes, you know, that's a box a piece, big box. Um, we did have a couple items of furniture, um, all your kitchenware really piles up, uh, and they have to ship that. So things don't break plates and that sort of stuff. Family mementos. Um, that's another good point, um, about planning the move. Really be thorough about taking a complete inventory in your house and separate things by what we want, what we want to leave behind what we want to sell because you don't want to leave serviceable stuff and throw it out in the dumpster or whatever. If you can take it to Goodwill or take it to a pawn shop or donate to maybe the church or organization that you like to support, put stuff on Craigslist. Um, that really works out quite well. I was surprised. I advertised the kids bunk beds on Craigslist and within Within 24 hours, I had two people emailing me, oh, I'm interested in the bunk beds. I sold those right away, and people continued to email me for a week to two weeks afterwards, you know, interested in the bunk beds. Um, so try to sell things on Craigslist. But again, you want to try to do that stuff before you're trying to pack up for the move. But if it's bunk beds that the kids need to sleep in, then you need to either sell them or get some air mattresses so that they have something to sleep on when the bunk beds go out the door. So there are all these little things to think about. So just kind of a general ballpark idea then, how much did it cost to ship about 60 boxes worth of stuff? I mean, I know yeah. it's, it's shipping from Hawaii, so it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but a lot of people are always just interested how much shipping would be. Sure, sure. Um, it turned out to be not as bad as I thought. Uh, I was thinking, you know, this is going to cost us between 10 and 20 grand to ship all our stuff up here. No, not even close to that. I was pleasantly surprised. M. Dyer shipped our household goods full service for $7,000. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I awesome. was. Yeah, it came out to like, they have a structure, you know, so much per pound within a certain weight limit. So ours worked out to be, uh, it was like 6,000 pounds or a little over 6,000 pounds. 
No, wait a minute. Was it that much? It was like 263 a pound. So, or 268 a pound of stuff. Um, and you, and they tell you this going in, they'll come in and they'll do an estimate. You know, you kind of indicate to them what you want to take. They'll come up with their own idea of how much the weight's going to be, how many boxes might be involved. And they'll say, okay, here's an estimate. The actual charge will be, um, can be, will be different when you actually you know, ship everything and the, the total count is taken, but this is a guide to go by. So you know in your, in your mind that, okay, anything that I want to ship is going to cost me $2.68 per pound. So this item over here, I like it. How much does it weigh? Is it worth 20 bucks to ship or 30 bucks to ship or whatever it might be? That helps you make those kinds of decisions. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah. 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 The vehicles, um, they just cut your legs out from under you when you're shipping a vehicle <laughs> from Hawaii to here. It's just nuts. You can ship a vehicle to the, we call it the mainland. Y'all call it the lower 48, um, which now I'm calling it. Um, it was, it's only like $1,500 or something like that to ship a car to the mainland. To ship a car here, 4,000 bucks. Oof. Yeah, $4,000, 4,100 actually. Uh, it has to go through Seattle first, you know, get off the ship and they have to put it on a barge and then send it up here. So that's a lot of money, uh, which is why we only wanted to bring the Subaru, which is a late model, you know, 2019 or something like that. Very nice serviceable car. Our older car is still in good shape, no miles, but 2007, is that worth 4,000 bucks to ship up here? So I had to think, well, what can I get there for say 9,000 because the cost of the shipping, we're avoiding that. Then we have to, then we have to pay, you know, for a comparable car. So, Nah, there's nothing available around here for ten thousand or under. You're look if you want a decent used car here, you got to be looking at twenty grand at least for something serviceable, and it goes up from there. And I thought, you know, the Subaru only co cost us what was it twenty eight or something when we bought it. So if I'm going to put twenty twenty five thousand into a car, I want a new car. I don't want somebody's used car that I don't know the history and spend all that time shopping for it. So that sold me on, you know what? We're going to have to bite two bullets here on the car. Right. I'm pretty sure we made the right decision. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately that's, that's just kind of the reality on the ground right now that just the cost of cars is starting to change the decisions yeah. we have to make during the, the shipping period. But all right. Well, once you got up here, then, you know, now that you guys are, are moving in, the house is closed, like you're kind of sleeping on air mattresses for a couple more days here, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, what what is kind of your your impression of Alaska Eagle River after you've gotten here? Is it about what you were expecting? Were there any big surprises, anything like that that really came up so far? <laughs> You know, there were no big surprises. Um, you know, I've heard that the, the beauty of this area is, is really something special. So I was expecting that, but something to expect it and see it on a screen and then actually be in it. This, it's just astounding here. 
Every time we walk out our front door, I look at the mountains, I look at the forests, I look at this beautiful neighborhood, and I think, man, this this is this is really special. This is really really nice. Um, we've had nothing but positive experiences since getting off the plane. Um, St- uh, Stevens, Ted Stevens International, great airport. Um, and I'm comparing things to like Honolulu, right? Our international airport, there is no comparison. This airport is beautiful. You get off the plane, it's nice, it's clean, people are friendly, no massive crowds. Um, and there's a lot of great places to eat right there at the airport. I wanted to hang out at the airport for a couple of days and sample <laughs> all the different restaurants, you know? Um, so <clears throat> everyone was helpful. We were able, we also took with us on the airplane three fairly large boxes of household goods, which we had planned to bring with us as checked on luggage. And um, rather than schlep them to the hotel, because they were pretty heavy, they were good 50, 60 pounds a piece, um, we just left them in storage right there. There's, a, there's an outfit that stores luggage for you. Now it's not cheap, it's 25 bucks a, a box. So that was 75 bucks but it made the journey so much more pleasant. The thing about moving and doing something like this, um, long plane ride, you know, everything you have to do to plan, to ship, all the work involved, you want the actual move itself to be pleasant. If it costs you a few extra bucks, it's money well spent to have a pleasant, easy experience coming and landing here and making the transition. So, that 75 bucks was money well spent. Um, we got a room at the Hyatt, uh, nice hotel, again, nice people. Um, slept overnight really well. It was really bright outside at nine o'clock when we arrived. I was kind of prepared for that, but um, it stayed bright almost till 11 o'clock that night. And uh, <laughs> the sun actually never really did go down. You know, it, it went kind of below the horizon or below the mountains, right? But it stayed this twilight all night long until the sun came back up again around what, four o'clock, something like that. So that was a new experience for us. That was kind of fun. Um, yeah, because you guys got here yeah. right during summer solstice, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and folks, folks that have talked to us said, you know, you did it right. You came in the summertime. You don't want to move up here in the wintertime. <laughs> I've heard so many people tell me that. And, and then doing Uber to get to the port, pick up the car, no problem. <clears throat> and then driving up to Eagle River, Eagle River for the first time. That was neat. That was really neat. I remember when we came outside the airport and I looked in the mountains in the background. Um, it, was, it was stunning for us, you know, never having seen something like that. Um, you all are used to it, you know, but just becomes part of the background. Like in Hawaii for us. The beach is there, yeah, yeah, you know, but now it's time to go to work. Um, for us, this complete change in the beauty here was so nice, so reinforcing that, yeah, you know, we lived in a special place, but now we're moving to a special place. Very different, but this is the kind of change we want. So moving up here, getting to Eagle River, um, we were just astounded uh, at, at the beauty here. And we happened to buy a place. Now, we bought our place entirely online. We never even had a chance to see it. 
uh, before coming up here. So we were, I was feeling a little trepidation that, you know, will the house actually be what it looked like, you know, in the pictures and the virtual walk around and everything like that. Yeah. And we all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, it's ours. We better like it, you know? <laughs> so, um, uh, but we never really got to see the neighborhood. You know, our focus wasn't so much on the neighborhood as it was the immediate surroundings of the house and the house itself. The neighborhood here is just, it's just ideal for us. You know, there's kids, there's families, but there's also plenty of, of natural beauty. Wilderness is right outside my back door. Uh, if I go out the gate, I need to take bear spray with me. I know that you walk down to the river. Um, the mountains, it's, it's really incredible. So every day we kind of look around and, and appreciate more of the subtleties and nuances. So it worked out very well for us. <clears throat> um, ideally, of course, you know, go look at the house, walk inside, feel the vibe, you know, is it laid out the way I want? How's the neighborhood? <clears throat> How long does it take to get to Walmart or wherever, right? All this stuff you can scope out uh, if you come up and actually see, but it can be done online. Um, if you know, you're willing to be a little more adventuresome, you can do that. Uh, we just didn't have time to come up here. Uh, and then of course the cost involved would have been four or 5,000 bucks just for five or six days with airfare and hotels right. and all this, that. So, uh, we took a chance and it worked out, it worked out well for us. Now, one thing I've noticed <clears throat> is that, um, Everyone up here is very down to earth, very down to earth, friendly, open. Um, it's like no frills, no, um, no attitudes, no, you know. It's definitely not the flex state, you know, where. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really nice. You know, I, we met our neighbors next door here. Like uh, the day after we got here, they were out mowing the lawn. I walked over and I said hello. And they called over another neighbor and we just kind of stood around and we talked story. That's an expression from Hawaii, talking story. Um, we just had a nice conversation. You know, where are you from? Where you've been? You know, what's the neighborhood? Blah, blah. You know, kids. Uh, and they were just fabulous. Uh, I mean, I couldn't be more pleased. I really couldn't. So initial impression of Alaska is... Beauty is off the charts. People are friendly, down to earth, you know, very helpful, very supportive of, of what you're doing. <clears throat> um, lots of great restaurants. I mean, we have a lot more choices for eating here than we did in Honolulu. Um, the one thing I would warn pizza lovers of, though, it's expensive here. Um, it's even more expensive for pizza than it, than it was in Hawaii. <clears throat> we went to probably the most expensive place around Moose's Tooth, which is legend up here. Uh, and the pizza was off the charts. Good. <clears throat> I haven't had pizza that good since I left the East coast. Um, and this was better than most places I've ever been to, but you know, a medium pie runs you around 26, 28 bucks for a medium. A large pie is like 35, 38 bucks. So you're spending a little money when you go out for pizza. But it is a special experience too. Mm. So, have you tried um, Have you tried Pizza Man yet here in Eagle River? Pizza Man? No, no. no we're looking for good pizza. Yeah, it's you know it's good. It's just kind of a nice little hole in the wall pizza place here, and mm -hmm. it's 
kind of got some character all to its own. So um, if you're a big fan of pizza, you might give it a try. Okay. All right. We love Mexican food too. And there are a surprising number of Mexican restaurants in the Anchorage area. I mean, we've been driving around quite a bit now. We've seen four or five, six different places that all look good. We tried uh, Jose's Cantina here in Eagle River. <clears throat> that was really delicious, really, really good. Um, they have a live band in there. It's very lively. Again, folks are nice, having a good time. Um, and we felt really welcome. And the pizza was, or the, the food was great. The music was a little noisy for the kids. So they let us go move and sit out front and dine al fresco. <laughs> they have a few tables that no one was sitting at them. But we, so we, uh, we ate outside and that was, that was really nice. It was about 8.30 at night. The sun was still up. <laughs> and I mean, it was really up. And uh, we're having Mexican food outside in Eagle River at 9.30 at night with the sun way up. It was a nice, it was nice. It was really nice. Man, that's awesome. In our driving around, um, we chose the right area. We're, we are big fans of Eagle River right now. Um, anybody out there listening, if you want to come to, uh, up to Alaska and you're thinking the Anchorage area, definitely give Eagle River a look. Um, it's, it's just, it's beautiful here. And you're only 10, 15 minutes commute away from, from Anchorage. Um, in Honolulu, people commute for 45 minutes to come in from the west side of the island. And that's if traffic is good. So this is just a hop, skip and a jump for us to go into town. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Greg, I really do appreciate it, sir. Um, I know a lot of folks are going to really benefit from your, your insights and your sharing what your experience has been so far. And um, I'm looking forward to um, looking forward to um, chatting a little bit more about your moving in experience and everything.